All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, after many technical issues uh, and a very patient guest waiting on the other end, uh, we've finally got a show for you. Um, lots going on right now um, in the news. We, Argentina just elected a new president, a libertarian, a hardcore libertarian, some say even an anarchist, um, someone that would align very strongly with, with much of your beliefs. So it's going to be very interesting to see if this strategy works. Does uh, will, will Javi Millet be able to take a chainsaw to the, to the administrative state and hack and slash and roll back taxes and get off the central banking and bring some liberty to the people of Argentina? Is that the path to liberty? Well, my next guest might have something to say about that. He's taken a slightly different approach. Uh, please welcome Mark. Uh, founder of the New Brunswick Free Province Project. Did I get that right, Mark? Oh, you just garbled there a bit. I think you said far, founder of the New Brunswick Free Province Project. That's right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? what? What an interesting election, isn't it? But I, I think your comment, uh, I think probably your last one that uh, you put up on Twitter just this morning was, you know, we'll see if this if this works or not, and it may end up proving that just merely electing the right person um, or, or even party is not going to work. Um, and I, I, I've said that for a long time. I think um, I think far too many Canadians, we'll just talk in a Canadian context, I think far too many Canadians believe in a top-down solution. If we can only get Daniel Smith elected, if we could only get Maxime Bernier or Pierre Pauly, he's going to save us. So Canadians are very much into, into political saviors. And that our project takes the exact opposite approach, is that freedom comes from building a culture of freedom. And it starts, it's a ground-up process. Now, it gets a lot easier if you have somebody up there who's taken the chainsaw to all of your enemies. I mean, that's great. Um, but, you know, his problem is I, I think um, he doesn't I don't think he has a real majority uh, in the Senate. I think it is. I was just looking at that. He's going to have to work with other parties. And I, I think what he's probably going to end up getting is the Trump treatment because they're going to try and destroy him at all costs. Like like this is he's in for hell, uh, political hell from right. from crazy people. Who don't want to see it succeed even though their country is a complete shambles um yeah i i think he's going to be in for some real problems but of course i wish him well um you know i was hoping bitcoin would jump uh, but uh, it hasn't really moved that much uh, since since he got since the election was announced little spike yeah. up and down so yeah anyway, that's a, that's we'll a good see. point well and yeah you're right mark i mean we see this you know with all politicians who who have ideas of rolling back the state a, even a little bit, right? Like right now in Alberta, where I'm at, uh, Danielle Smith has announced uh, health reforms. And they're very modest in terms of what I would like to see. You know, I'd like to see a legalized legalized healthcare. I'd, lo I'd love to be able to start a healthcare business. I have my whole family are healthcare providers, but the only employer I can work for is the government. I mean, that's written into Canadian law. Now, Danielle Smith's reforms have uh, you know are breaking up the monopoly that Alberta Health Services has and and the government is going to contract directly with a bunch of different providers 
you know, the, the the it's going to decentralize a little bit, and it's going to cause some some pains uh, initially. I think in the long term there'll be in marginal improvements in the system, but um, at the end of the day, the, there it's not going to be uh, a panacea. It's not going to you know, and and there are going to be um, be some negative consequences of this as well. You know, there, there's going to be some inefficiencies. There's going to be, you know, and, and her detractors and the detractors of the idea of private healthcare are going to jump all over that and point out to say, and, and they're going to say, see, this is why we can't have, the government has to be in charge of everything and why we need, it needs to be, you know, everything in the state, nothing outside the state. Uh, sort of thing. And, and as soon as we have a failure, you know, this is what happens. And of course, Javi Malay and, you know, whoever the next president of the United States is, let's say it's it's a freedom loving guy like uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy or or even Trump, uh, you know, who who might have some ideas of rolling back the state. Well, we know that the economy is on the verge of collapse, central banking. And, and of course, freedom is going to get blamed for that. And people are going to immediately vote the other way, right? The, the only reason people are voting Javi isn't because they are, um, let's say, cultural libertarians or ideological libertarians, or they've accepted the arguments that undergird the, the, the philosophy of freedom. It's because they have been exposed to leftist uh, destructive policies for so long, and they're like, we got to try something different. Uh, you know, this is the same thing in Canada. We've been exposed to Trudeau for too long, and he's locked us down. And so we see a rise in populism and anti-establishment. But the seeds of the establishment are still there, even in the populace that say, look, we need the government to come in and strong arm all our enemies and, and do all these things. So it's not necessarily that people are embracing the philosophy of liberty, but they're, you know, in a sense, Trudeau uh, is, they, they want Trudeau out. They want something different. And so... Uh, we'll see something different for a while and things will be disastrous still because the underlying things, you know, so it's just, we, we see the swing back and forth and I think you, you get it. I mean, so, so let's talk about your solution to this. I, I find it very interesting. Uh, I'm guessing that you've kind of, I, I only, uh, Mark found out about this in the last couple of days. Someone reached out to me from your, uh, from your, uh, I guess, endeavor there and said, Hey, you got to talk to Mark. This is what's going on here. Last time I heard about the free province project was maybe 10 years ago when there was a group of people trying to take over PEI or, or trying to muster some support to take over PEI. And that seemed to make sense to me. They're, they're tagging on to the free state project in New Hampshire and seeing the success they're having there. And Makes a lot of sense, but do you tell me in your words what's what's going on? Why New Brunswick? Why not PEI? What uh, what are you trying to do exactly? What's your plan? Well, you've got we got some sound issues going on there, but uh, I'll try and talk and see see how much of it comes across. Uh, you 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 got a whole lot of stuff right there. Um, you know, we we look at if we compare. Um, are are you hearing me? Okay, I'm hearing you just fine, Mark. Yep. Yeah. 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 Are you hearing me okay? I'm hearing you just fine. Yep. Okay. That's okay. We can hear you. Well, I'm let's, recording let's, on my end. So see where we're going. going. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It was just breaking up pretty bad. Um, 
yeah, a lot, lot to unpack there. Uh, you know, Daniel Smith, you know, his lady lets uh, Sheila Lewis die. Could have saved her with the stroke of a pen, but she's the freedom solution. Um, she's uh, talking about how, um, uh, well, you know, with these climate goals, we can't meet them by 2030. She's not saying this is all nonsense. Uh, we ain't doing that. She's saying, well, we got to meet them by 2050. And it brings to mind this this idea, this this saying that uh, uh, our liaison with the New Hampshire Free State Project, Derek Cruz, said to me, which I thought was profound. He said, "Conservatives are just like liberals driving the speed limit. You're still going over the cliff, but you're going to get there a little bit later, right?" And so, and that's who that's who she is. They, you know, there are 140,000 people fewer people voted in the last Alberta election. Okay, because I tracked this. I did a whole article on nbfree.ca uh, called, you know, uh, all about this, about about why Alberta probably is not going to be the freedom solution for the foreseeable future. Why? In After everything Trudeau's and the federal feds have done to Alberta, after having survived a ruinous NDP government, 140,000 people, fewer people came out to vote in the last provincial election. The The... Conservative, the UCP lost 14 seats. The NDP got gained 14 seats, and the the NDP also gained I forget what it was like almost 100,000 new voters. And so, what it means is you have way, way, way too many communists in Alberta to be right now to make secession for sure possible. You're not. You're never going to get to the threshold, whatever that threshold is, because the Supreme Court doesn't doesn't set a number. But you're probably good. They're, you're probably going to need seventy percent to get secession. Not even close. Never going to happen in my lifetime. I wish it was like. Don't confuse my statements for being wishes. I wish Alberta was could be the freedom solution and secede tomorrow. I see no national, political, or legal solution to this. Canada. I think Canada is over. And I say that as somebody who was a member of the Canadian Forces and I was a former peacekeeper. Um, I've been to jail five times defending the Charter of Rights in Caledonia, Ontario. Uh, one of my teammates, uh, you know, with the work that we did beforehand, won a nine to zero Supreme Court of Canada decision uh, against the Ontario Provincial Police, the Ontario government, who are arresting innocent people instead of arresting violent people. Okay, so I was a patriot. I am not now. I think Canada is over, uh, and there are a number of reasons for that. All you have to do is look at. I just looked this morning before our before we well, had some time. Uh, Three thirty eight Canada dot com. Ninety seven percent of Canadians support woke socialist parties, and I include in that the CPC. They are woke. They are as woke as the Liberal Party of Canada. Maybe maybe a little bit less. Okay. And I think you know all the reasons why I would say that. Um, that things will definitely get a little bit better, but people are not, most people are in Canada, I'm sorry, are socialists. They lean socialists, they're going to vote socialists. So there's no national political solution to this. Now, if we look at the legal solution possible, those doors have now been closed, clearly. Supreme Court has rejected bodily autonomy. They allowed Sheila, they wouldn't even hear Sheila Lewis's appeal. They turned down the appeal from the Aylmer Church of God. Religious freedom is gone. Uh, what was the other thing? Uh, it's just clear that no federal court in Canada is ever going to provide justice to unvaccinated people. 
and it means that the Charter of Rights are are it's a Charter of Imaginary Rights now, and our rights are whatever the government says they are. There are no absolute rights anymore. I don't think people realize how dangerous Canada actually is right now. And every day it's something else that clearly there's not going to be any legal solution. So there's only the only proven solution that I've seen so far that we're trying to emulate with the New Brunswick Free Province Project, nbfree.ca, is um, duplicating what the New Hampshire Free State people have done. Uh, fsp.org. Uh, you can read, uh, watch a video from, from our liaison uh, uh, with them, uh, Derek Crew there. Uh, there's links on there to them. The, the Free State Project, for those who don't know, basically had this idea. Rather than libertarians fighting, uh, losing elections all over America, what if we concentrated them all in one small state and took political control? So that was 20 years ago. Jason Sorens came up with that idea, wrote a paper. And I was in pork. I was at Pork Fest, which is their Porcupine Festival this summer, um, and boy, that was a mind blower. So, and I did a debate on on Canada and should we have a, an, a, a similar project in Canada or in other states and stuff with their chef de village, uh, Dennis Pratt. Anyways, uh, one week of freedom, 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 baby. And I got to hear Vivek Ramaswamy. I was in the front row with my wife. And uh, Ross Albrecht's uh, mother was sitting beside my wife. And so um, what they decided was they, we concentrate the libertarians in one small state. In 20 years, they've had, uh, by their numbers, they've had probably, because uh, libertarians don't like being on lists. So they've had about 7,000 declared libertarians move to New Hampshire. Um, and they probably, they figure there's probably another 3,000 um, so roughly 10,000 new movers have gone to New Hampshire in the last 20 years. They have, they now control much of the legislative agenda, not all of it, um, but they are controlling much of the legislative agenda. They have, uh, they are the freest state in America, um, bar none. They, they have the, they have no gun laws. Uh, in fact, they have, just as one example, they passed legislation nullifying all federal gun laws. And how they did that is they said that no no New Hampshire employee or official, whatever you want to call it, is allowed to enforce, to assist the feds in enforcing federal gun laws. Okay? Now, they've done a whole bunch of other stuff towards school choice and, and all kinds of stuff there. And they, they, have, they, sh they have shown the way how to do this thing. They are the, probably the, the freest area in all of uh, the world, I'm guessing. Uh, that's probably, you know, somebody can argue that, but I would suspect they are. And so um, we're trying to duplicate what they do. I mean, I, I'm shameless about it. We're plagiarizing the best. I think Alex Tilly, the inventor of the Tilly hat, once said, I only plagiarize the best. And right. uh, that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, you know, the mailing list is building up. We're approaching like 700 people. Um, we've had a few new movers already. We're getting incorporated. But I tell you, legal, trying to get legal services in New Brunswick, it, especially if you're unvaccinated. We, we could not find any lawyer anywhere in New Brunswick. Nobody could. There were no lawyers willing to take cases. We're just trying to incorporate a simple not-for-profit. And it's been going on for months and months and months. Wow. So we need lawyers, like we need a bunch of lawyers, tough, tough, really tough arse lawyers to come to New Brunswick first. 
But it's, that's what we're it, doing. Look, the idea is concentration. We have 380,000 right. uh, voters in the last uh, provincial election. We've elected two back-to-back -back con conservative governments. Okay. And so never had an NDP government. And we're a small state, so small province. So it's much easier. You have more impact. Your vote here uh, or in New Brunswick is worth 15 times more than in Ontario, where you got 5 million votes, right? Mark, so why why to. did you pick uh, New Brunswick and not PEI? Isn't PEI an even uh, more uh, out well, target? It's funny you would say that because years ago, I I had this idea that, you know, what if we took over PEI? I mean, there's hardly anybody there. We could take the whole thing over, right? It'd be pretty quick. And a friend of mine, uh, Robert Vaughn, um, told me about the New Hampshire projects. I, I, that's when I started getting interested in it. Well, number one, I was living in New Brunswick, but strategically, um, New Brunswick is far better than PEI. Why? Because the, the, the electricity from for PEI comes from New Brunswick. The bridge to PEI ends in New Brunswick. Strategically, it's a real crappy place. It's not big enough. Um, and so New Brunswick has a lot going for it. We have enough of a land mass that, uh, that uh, you know, you can pretty much do whatever you want. We're also very strategic because to get to Nova Scotia, you got to go through New Brunswick. So in the future, I mean, look, I don't know what, what's going to happen. My, my goal would be to get New Brunswick to the point, as Corey Morgan has talked about this, and I'm sure you know who he is. Corey Morgan's book, you know, The Sovereignist Handbook, talks about how you have to get before you could ever have a vote on secession for Alberta, you have to create the province that's ready to do it. So you're standing on your own two feet. You got your own pension plan, your own police force. You've got your administ your health system is running like a top. People are thinking freedom. Then people can start looking to the future and say, what the hell do we need Canada for? I want to do the same thing, but I don't necessarily want to take go out of Canada. But the way the trajectory is going right now, I don't see hope for Canada. I really don't. And I think, you know, if we look at the border, you know, let's say Canada got real stupid and tried to ignore a referendum or ignore or try to suppress what we were doing. Uh, that's a pretty narrow border between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. And of course, we would one of the things that we would do, and this is this is just to give people the sense of what is possible at the provincial level. You know, of course, we all know the criminal code is federal. We know gun gun laws are federal. So what could we do about gun laws as an example? Okay, because what I want to show to prove to you is it's not the ability to get things done. It's the will to get it done. Okay, so let's look at New Brunswick. New Brunswick gets, uh, you know, it takes a few years. We've got a free province government and we're, you know, we're interested in maximum freedom. All we have to do is we create a federal or a provincial police force, just like Alberta hopefully is going to do. Um, and then we, we make sure that's running, coming along. Then we start a, an armed auxiliary force. So anybody without a violent criminal record can join the armed auxiliary. And we will pay every member with one Glock, one AR-15, and 1,000 rounds of ammo a year. Uh, how are you going to stop that, feds? Right. Can't. Now you've got probably 200,000 armed New Brunswickers loving freedom. Of 
course, you, you got to train them all, okay? So first you would start with former members of Canadian military, ex-police officers. You'd work on that. You'd get a training program developed. You'd have to develop the rules of engagement for when you can pull, draw a weapon, uh, you know, when you can fire a weapon. So it'd be very crystal clear. Okay, we don't want. I, I'm not a big fan of. Of we had we felt safe in New in New Hampshire. Got to tell you, never felt threatened even a little bit. But the idea that somebody can walk in with no training, buy a gun, and walk around with it. Canadians ain't ready for that one, okay? Yeah. But that gives you an example of what we could do uh, to to increase freedom in the country. Well, now imagine Canada wants to be totally stupid and try using force against New Brunswick uh, that maybe tries to separate or whatever. Uh, they would get a rude surprise, okay? It's like when I talk to I talk to people about New Hampshire. And I talked to them, they got the most machine guns per capita in America. They know how to use them and they got the most guns. Okay. And because somebody, I've got a friend here, so yeah, but the, they would send in the US military. I say, Are you serious? People in caves and in holes in the ground defeated the US military. And you think you're going to go into a, a state with a culture of freedom that is a, probably the most heavily armed state and you're going to really go in and try and kill those people you're asking for trouble so that's just one example okay right well so, I, I i love you know your thoughts have been and sentiments have been uh, echoing mine lately you know i've been thinking about this the idea of patriotism uh the the idea of uh, the nation versus the state um i'm actually reading this book right now and i i recommend you read it because i think it would be right up your alley if you yeah. haven't read it already it, it's called uh uh, the network state. And it's all about this idea of, you know, getting past the idea mm -hmm. that, um, that nations need to be uh, territorial. Uh, now that we have robust networks, now that we have cryptography and Bitcoin, um, that the author is making the argument that um, what needs to happen next is uh, essentially what you're doing, which is attracting consenting adults who have uh, the same values, right? And he he talks about having the one uh, operating principle, whatever that is, you know, whether it's Bitcoin maximalism or, you know, he's tracking a number of these uh, network states that are attempting to start up ones like van life. Their, their thing is just being a, a vagabond and being every being into that nomad van life. But in, the idea is you build up enough, a critical mass of supporters of people all bound together by this one ideal or, or common ideal. They can be in disparate parts of the world. Um, and you start, uh, you, you start creating, you know, uh, enforcement mechanisms, not based on force, but based on membership to the group. Uh, you know, you, obviously the group has to have some benefit to its members so you're voluntarily contributing to it you start to um you, you have a census on a blockchain that that is continually updating so you can prove how many uh people you have and eventually I, I, there's like six or seven different phases you go through the final one is achieving uh diplomatic recognition in other words having uh, enough of a critical mass of people 
all pulling together in the same direction, each and owning a certain amount of territory. It doesn't have to be contiguous. It can be blocks of land here and there, all connected by the network and, and by the common purpose. But eventually you get enough people that you're a diplomatic force and you can get diplomatic recognition. And then, um, you know, that that's his idea. So it, it's got my brain thinking about, um, about this idea of maybe, maybe the answer isn't trying to confront government and trying to push back on it or change it by getting your people elected or taking over local polities, but maybe it's making government irrelevant by, by having this separate parallel nation operating, uh, within territorial borders that makes the government there irrelevant to you. You know, you could imagine a group of, let's say, anti-vaxxers or, or vaccine skeptics getting together and saying that this is our one mission. We will not bodily autonomy is, is our key thing. You get, you know, 2 million people worldwide contributing to a fund on a blockchain. Uh, and, and you're, you're, benefit of being in a group like that is we we bring legal resources to bear whenever a state tries to whenever one of our members is attacked by a by a state somewhere for choosing not to be vaccinated that's the value of being part of that nation you bring that group of people's resources to bear so anyways it's a very interesting book I, i'm just getting into the nuts and bolts of how you know the technical um network that needs to be in place for something like this and to get his idea but it's it's really got my brain thinking because you're right canada is dead i mean it's it's probably never really like canada is a, really a state first and a nation second it was the state that defined what this nation was right off the bat i mean if you look at our southern border it's not like a like if you look throughout history and throughout the world you'll see borders that follow geographical boundaries, they roughly approximate where there was a nation before a state, right? There was a nation of people all from similar ancestry, sharing similar culture and beliefs. And there's usually geographical things that kind of keep that nation together. And so you have this rough border. But in Canada, we have this one straight line, right? It's our nation is basically centered around not America. <laughs> we're not them. We're something separate. What is that thing that we're separate from? Well, it's a bunch of different things. You got Quebecers, you got uh, First Nations, you got immigrants with bringing all their different values. Um, but the the state of Canada determined what our nation was. And it said, this is our tax farm. You're all our tax livestock and you are under our control. And that's what Canada is. And and so there, there would never, I, I would argued there never was anything approximating a nation there because it was just so uh diverse in terms of that there was nothing holding it together other than force from this this government and so when you say you're a patriot i wonder well what are you a patriot to what are you what are you uh you know what are you uh loyal to is it the idea of canada that your tax farmers implanted in you that you know, from C to C along the 49th parallel, that straight line, that's, that's what you support. But that, that has always been uh, a mechanism of control and plunder and conquest uh, on the individual. It's never been anything, but it's, it, it hasn't been there to serve the people. It's been there to enslave the people. And, and 
so uh, but now i think more and more people are recognizing that and realizing look there's clearly a bunch of different peoples within this state different nations within this state really and maybe we need to break it off and it, and it sounds like uh like you're doing just that well this is the thing i my first choice is not to break it off my my wish would be that we get to a point where we could if we chose to it's like being independent okay as long as you're on daddy's credit card mommy and daddy's credit card and living in mommy and daddy's basement you're not independent but if we got to a point where we had weaned ourselves off of the teats of transfer payments we could stand on our own two feet we had a dynamic a vibrant economy built on freedom where people wanted to come and live and looked at it the way people are looking at Argentina, right? Oh my goodness, I got to go to Argentina. That's what I want. Now we right. can go to Ottawa. Somebody, and it wouldn't be me, okay? And I want to be clear, remind me of that. Um, we're not about running candidates. That's not what our mission is, okay? But a, a free province could go to Ottawa and say, look, we have everything we need for independence, and our people are not going to live as your slaves anymore. Do you want to be stupid, continue to be stupid, or do you want to not be stupid, or would you like us to hold a referendum tomorrow? We can do that. Okay? Up to you. But you can't hold that, you can't make that threat until you actually can carry it out. When they know in their own minds physical force is not an option, and number two, they, we have a culture of freedom. Right, you know, going, and you're not gonna, you're not buying us off. You're not nothing. You're either going to stop being crazy, or we're going to hold a referendum. What would you like us to do? And so that's my choice. I am, I am all for getting to the point where, if we wanted to, we could hold a referendum. I really rather not. I think. Right. Look, I think what's happened is, I think we had a nation at one time. And of course, we can talk about immigration and stuff. We brought in a whole bunch of people who don't share our values. Not the same values that all those people died at Vimy Ridge for or died on Normandy for. No, we, we've been bringing in people who hate us. Okay. And so I think, at, and I couldn't pinpoint the exact moment when Canada shifted, but I got to tell you, as an unvaccinated person who felt compelled to leave Canada for my own, for my safety and my wife's safety. Um, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, I, I think Canada is over. Um, and I'm trying still, even from here, I'm in, I'm talking to you from Cuenca, Ecuador right now. We got out uh, just before Justin Trudeau uh, implemented his travel segregation. And I spent many years and I still do actually, um, working with Jewish people to try and, and, and fight anti-Semitism. And I used to, before COVID, I, would, I used to go into uh, Jewish schools, synagogues, and churches, and I would teach mostly Jews about their own forgotten land rights under international law. So I understand how fast a country can go off the rails. And our country is about 10 feet from the bottom of the pit of hell right now. Um, and everything that we thought, everything I thought I was serving in the Canadian military and with the United Nations, it's all a lie. We are a serial human rights abuser. We've apologized to the Chinese, the Japanese, the Jews uh, that we kept out during the Holocaust, the natives, and someday 
40 years from now, 50 years from now, some prime minister is going to issue another meaningless apology to what was done to people like us who simply wanted, who believed in the Nuremberg Code, the declaration, UN Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights, who believed in the Criminal Code of Canada about uh, you don't get to touch people without consent. Remember that part? And and I think we're somebody's going to issue a, 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 an apology one day, and it'll mean as much as the other four are going to. Something has to change. Now, as far as your, you know, the the I got to read this book. It'll be really interesting. I think you can do both. I think you're walking chew gum. You yeah. create your international, but what are you going to do if you've got this blockchain thing? How does that help you when the cops come to your door and want to take you to a camp and unva- and force you to get vaccinated or put a bullet in your head? Yeah. Our pro, our premier in New Brunswick, after we left Canada, tried to deny food to unvaccinated people. Do you know what a slippery slope it is? I'm sure you do. From from denying food from pe- to people and putting bullets in their head, that is a short, short, sharp, slippery slope. That it's like yeah. so close you can't even tell tell them apart how far it takes to get to that point that's how much they hated us and here's the problem when you can't get a lawyer to represent you how are you going to stop that? i ask this uh, as a theoretical question okay and mainly for new brunswickers but let's 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 say that the government of new brunswick or even ontario ontario not as bad but definitely new brunswick if new if the premier of new brunswick had signed an order forcing us into camps and shooting us if we refuse, how would we stop it legally? Legally. Tell me. Can't yeah. get a lawyer. Now what? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, well, I'll get my guns out. Okay. The purpose of <laughs> guns is to get to the keep keep from getting to that point. Okay. Right. Gun gun advocates get this wrong. A little bit of an aside. Gun advocates get this wrong all the time, in my opinion. It's not guns that guarantee freedom. It's culture. Culture guarantees right. freedom. Okay. The guns are a backup. But the gu- and the guns, I mean, if you had 200,000 armed people in, in New Brunswick and half of them were carrying, you ain't messing around with New Brunswickers, okay? You're just not. And guns do gar- are the ultimate guarantee, but the, the way we get there without using the guns is by building from the ground up a culture freedom. And I think you have to have both. There's nothing wrong with having an international presence. It's nothing wrong with having a fat, you know, this amazing network of people who could help fund lawsuits. We couldn't get anybody. I couldn't get Rebel News to contact me back. I couldn't even get the, look, listen, I got a history in Caledonia. I'm in two books. I could not get Rebel Media to even contact me back. I couldn't get uh, lawyers that were on Twitter talking about rights and people I quoted in a report. Okay. What are you going to do? Like, no. So we have to build that culture and be part of that bigger culture as well, because at some point you may have to do what we did. Yeah. Bail out, you know? Well, it, 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 you know, the idea is almost like creating a nation that could defend you against a state, right? I mean, what we're talking about here is defense against the state. And you're absolutely right. You know, the, I mean, the, the, the difference between a state and a regular corporation or nation or organization is that it, it, everything it does is mandatory because it's backed up by a gun. It's backed up by, we will shoot you dead. If you don't, don't pay your taxes. I mean, there's a few steps, but if you refuse and you defend yourself from the confiscation, I mean, guys with guns will eventually come. 
And this goes all the way down the line, even if something as innocuous as uh, manufacturing and selling lawn darts, right? I mean, <laughs> or baby or milk, walkers. Raw milk. Or raw milk. Yeah, exactly. Raw milk. We'll How dare you. you? Yeah, because, um, you know, and, and so, yes, it, getting people to understand this uh, is important. I think more and more they do. I think COVID might have been a, a, a wake-up call for a lot of people to understand, oh, wow, like this, this is... Uh, you know, happening real quick and, um, there's nothing I can do about it and recognize and, and looking for solutions. This sounds like a great solution. Um, you know, th the idea that you, you have enough people there with the same mind that, that value freedom, that when the state comes a call in and tries to impose their will, there's pushback, there's consequences to that for the state. Y you know, this, the state is like any predator. It likes an easy target. Uh, you know, if you are downtown Edmonton and you are, you know, no one's going to attack, uh, like I'm safe. I can walk downtown Edmonton. None of these junkies and lowlifes are going to come close to me because they know that there's going to be consequences, right? They, they want an easy target. They want someone that's going to bend over real quick. That's going to comply. That's going to be scared that whatever. And the state's no different. Uh, if you simply comply, if you don't push back, if there's, you know, this is why peaceful civil civil disobedience has always been so powerful because it reveals the violence of the state to everyone. You know, I'm disobeying and now we're seeing billy clubs come out and horses trampling people and just horrific things happening to peaceful people. There's the violence of the state exposed and that's a consequence that the state now suffers uh, as a result. And so imagine you get enough freedom lovers around who say no um, in a peaceful you know, way in a way that that makes the state look bad. Well, that's that is a huge strength. That's a huge way to protect against incursions of the state. So, uh, Mark, how can people get involved? Find out? Do, uh, you know, do, do they have to move to a specific area in New Brunswick? Is it anywhere? No, we have a moving coordinator who's uh, working out on mapping. We have a whole network of freedom pods. Not our network, but see, just to be clear, our, clear our mission is to get people in New Brunswick. We're recruiters and we get them there. We don't run candidates. We don't endorse candidates. We do exactly what the New Hampshire people do. So once they get to New Brunswick, um, we can hook them up with different freedom pods, um, you know, in their area. And then they can go from there. We certainly have ideas. If somebody wants some ideas for like, for example, the gun rights stuff. Um, we're happy to give advice on that, but that's our mission is, is very limited to getting there. So we focus on what, what we're good at. And so, um, I'm doing a Q and a every two weeks, uh, and I'm doing one tonight actually. And the schedule is on our, in our calendar at nbfree.ca. And you can come in and ask me any questions that you want. We take questions from newbies first, and then we'll talk about anything else, including have your uh, melee victory tonight, I'm sure. And uh, so you can you can go to nbfree.ca, uh, take some time, you know, you can read my bio and, and see the, you know, the history that I have defending freedom and um, uh, watch uh, Derek Pru, our, our New Hampshire liaison uh, guy who's amazing. And um, it's, uh, you know, 
give it some thought. I mean, you don't have to do it right away. You know, right now we're, we will be, we're about to register. Well, I'm hoping we're going to get this corporation done soon. And then we'll be looking for people to commit just like they did in New Hampshire. So yeah. Okay. I'm ready. I will come to New Hampshire uh, once we get so many people that are interested. Right. So, it, and, it's, and Mark, any, any, uh, plans to have like a a pork fest analog yeah. in new brunswick someplace yeah that us liberty lovers can come and party for a little bit and enjoy some fellowship well it's funny you say that um uh i, I our our mascot or our, our our uh you know we love the porcupine on the logo so i ripped off the logo as much as i could they know they know right and uh but i i decided to use the new brunswick official bird called the black cap chickadee so our our pork fest will be called chick fest ah. so deliciously politically incorrect nice as a friend of mine from a, a refugee from ontario once said so that that will happen um, we're just taking this one step at a time. We're not in a huge hurry. It's funny you say people are more awake. I mean, I had a serious discussion after I got back from New Hampshire. I had a very serious discussion with our, the two people who are going to be directors. And I said, do we have enough time to even do this? I said, because it took 20 years to get 10,000 people. Uh, and America's 10 times as big. So theoretically, according to uh, Dennis Pratt of the New Hampshire Free State, uh, Free State Project, going to take you 200 years mark i said well first of all we don't have any choice because we can't get green cards um so uh and and uh david uh who's going to be one of the directors he said mark the thing that we have in canada that they did not have in new hampshire when they started is that most people many 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 people are aware of their lack of freedom now and wow. and how it's getting worse so he, because uh, I asked him, I said, do you want to shut this thing down or do you want to keep going? He said, no, I think we should keep going because uh, we don't need that many people. Look, if we had 10,000 people come to New Brunswick, uh, that'd be amazing, you know? So Absolutely. it's funny. I asked, uh, you know, our New Hampshire guy, Derek, uh, I said, what do you mean? How many people did you get? And then I said, how do you control a state with 10,000 new people? And he said, it's easy. Says the people who move for freedom are very active. They're the ones that knock on doors, they raise money, and uh, they're going to political rallies. They're influencing the the politicians. And this is not about even starting a party, but if somebody wants to do it, go ahead. And that's what they do in New Hampshire. They don't they don't have a free state party. They just right. influence the, the the Democrats and Republicans. So right, yeah, right. I think uh, I think it's got I think it's the only viable peaceful solution i think you national election isn't going to solve this okay and i'll yeah. hear people talk well you know civil war don't you dare talk to me about civil war unless you're prepared to come to new brunswick and build some freedom all right i don't want to hear about it yeah. there are political options but it means most people do not want to pay a price for freedom i'm looking for the lions i'm not looking to wake up sheep i'm looking for the lions who say yeah i want to be free here's a solution let's go Right, right. I love it. Well, and and it's a great uh, strategy because there there was a research done, I think in 2012, and I, I've quoted this quite a bit. Uh, but the it was sociological research that found that uh, there's a tipping point where change is inevitable, and that's around 10. percent When when you hit 10 percent of a population that uh, adopts an unshakable belief, then the rest of the population tends to adopt because you know, they're, they just kind of go along with it. Right. And so most people are just kind of go along to get along. You know, if you want to disparage them, you could call them sheep, 
But I, you know, I think the sheep are, are good people by and large. They just don't have time or the bandwidth to, you know, they just comply with everything because it's easier and they comply and comply until uh, they die basically or until things get so bad that, that they can no longer comply. Well, you start to congregate enough non-compliant people. Uh, the compliant people will kind of uh, fall in line with that philosophy. Now, especially if you make it fun, if you're having fest chick fests out there, you know, especially if you can attract some actual chicks, I mean, you might get a few libertarian, you know, I've been to a lot of libertarian parties, you know, they're sausage fests. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I think we can make them fun. I think we could attract some chicks. We might attract first, more people to our movement. Hey, the first person I met is at pork fest, the first person I talked to, I'm waiting to check in and there's this small woman there kind of attractive and she's got a Glock on her hip that's bigger than she is. Wow. And I said, can I take a picture of you? She said, no, no, don't want my picture take. <laughs> funny, but there are a lot of women at Pork Fest, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, and that's it, the it, thing, it, because it's it's fun and it's tangible, yeah. right? You yeah, know, yeah. We, we, libertarians live in this abstract world of ideas and arguments on Facebook mm. and podcasts like we're doing. Uh, but, you know, when, when you make liberty tangible and you see a bunch of like-minded people there, congregating together, having fun together, partying together, uh, having each other's backs, building community together. Now, suddenly, um, you know, people who don't live in abstract uh, reality, like a lot of us guys tend to do, start to come out of the woodwork. And, um, you know, I, I think so. I think what you're doing is great. Guys, I'm going to be putting uh, links below here. I'm not sure if this podcast is going to go. We're, we're recording on Monday, November the 20th. Uh, I know you're having a, an info session tonight. I'm going to try to get this out in time. If not, go to the website and make sure you sign up uh, and and check out info sessions and really give this a, a shot. Is there any way we can support you? Um, you know, if we're not ready to move out there, what what can we do to to help? You know what? Just get on the mailing list. That's how we're getting in touch with people. It's not a very it's not segmented at all. It's yeah. our only way to. We're just trying. You know, building awareness and you know we're doing. Oh, by the way. We are also listed on the free-communities.org website, which is the Free Free Cities Foundation. Oh, okay. uh, they, we met with them online, and they, we're on the map now. And there's a link on if you go to nbfree.ca, you can you can see us on the map. And so, uh, yeah, I just sign up. Just sign up. Uh, come to a Q and A. If you have any questions, like I'm very accessible. You, you want to insult me uh, by email? It's mark at nbfree.ca. Doesn't bother me. And, uh, you know, you got questions and sometimes, you know, it's, it's great to, to just talk about ideas. It's kind of funny. I was, I was trying to have a discussion online with some, some free staters about roads and, uh, cause you know, the typical ad, well, who will build the roads? And of course, oh, they laugh at you. Like, like the free staters laugh. Oh, what a dumb question. I said, well, think about this. I've been arrested five times on a public road. Would I be arrested if they were private? How are you going to guarantee privacy when you've got uh, overhead cameras monitoring your license plates everywhere? Have you thought about that? And they, <laughs> some of these free staters and some of these libertarians, they're just as dogmatic as everybody else, right? So, but these are things you got to think about. That's why you have people with different experiences and different thought processes. And then you listen to that. I'd rather live in a place where nobody's monitoring where I'm going and nobody can arrest me on a pri on a private road. That's what I would. Yeah. I, okay. So I don't know how you make all that, but it's just one example that 
I don't like to call myself Big L Libertarian. I'm not even sure if I'm a Libertarian or not. I think I might be at least partly, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I just want freedom as maximum freedom. I want to, I I tell people all the time, I want to reimagine governance through the lens of freedom in every aspect Mm. possible. So right. thank you. I, and I haven't done that yet. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for the interest. I, it's an honor and I really appreciate your time. So thank you. If you well, I, I appreciate you your time and your patience sticking with me. For those uh, those of you out there, uh, I, I have time zone uh, uh, ignorant, apparently. I, I, I totally blotched time zone. So he was ready to go at, se- at uh, 7 a.m. my time. And I thought we were going to record at like 11 a.m. my time. So, uh, you know how uh, you fix that, by the way, you know how you fix that? Um, if you go into your time settings, at least on windows, you can actually set different clocks. So, you know, I know exactly, I can pull this up and I can tell exactly what time it is because sometimes when I'm doing, when, when you have daylight savings times, if I'm, I'm in the wrong, I, I actually shoot, I think I'm wrong today. Um, I have three to- different time zones. I can have Atlantic time. I can have Eastern Standard, and then I'm running on just plain old Eastern. Okay, so yeah. Eastern Daylight. Like I got three time zones sometimes that I got to deal with. Right, right. So it's a pain in the butt. So uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Okay. Well, anyways, guys, the links will be down below. I'm going to be going and signing up for that mailing list uh, right away because I want to stay involved and, uh, and informed and and know what's going on out there. You know. I may have to flee to New Brunswick at a, a given any given moment, so I want to make sure I know I have a safe haven to to, to flee to. And Mark, thanks for all the work you're doing. God bless uh, creating a safe haven out there. Um, I'll be watching you with with very very closely. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you.